welcome to another episode of the Negative Positives Podcast. And now, I'm your host, Mike Williams. Now I'm just goofing with you. I'm drinking cheap-ass beer with the real host, Mike Gutterman. Hey, Gutterman, you're on. All right, folks, we're going to get right to everyone's favorite co-captains, starting all the way out in Los Angeles, California, La La Land, the City of Angels, Mr. Andre Dominguez. How you doing tonight, Andre? Uh, Andre? All right, uh, we're going to keep moving to uh, Pennsylvania or uh, uh, Iceland. No, uh, uh, Virginia. None other than Jess Jones, who is Yesy, uh, Yesy Ones on Instagram or whatever. And finally, making her third or fourth triumphant return, like a bad penny, all the way from, uh, uh, let's see, uh, all the way from Albuquerque, California, this is Roxana Angles. All right, folks, uh, this first segment's already already run a little long, so uh, we're going we're gonna to take us a little break so I can water my thorny bush. We will be right back, folks. Hello, and welcome to the Negative Pauses Podcast, episode 389. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from Gutterman Cave here in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, yeah, it's a Monday night episode. It's a host, a host episode with some listener interaction. And uh, unfortunately, Roxana is still on her hiatus. And uh, Jess Jones, I think her, it's her partner's birthday or something. So she couldn't join us as well. So it's just a gruesome twosome tonight. So uh, yeah, um, all the way out in the city of angels, Los Angeles, California, La La Land, Mr. Andre Dominguez. How you doing tonight, Andre? Uh, doing all right, Mike. I, I hear from the from the pre-recording conversation that we we both are a little toasty. We both have some fans pointed in uh, certain directions. <laughs> yeah, help, I feel like helping I heard, out I, our our situations. <laughs> I feel like I heard your fan while I was doing the entire intro. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'll try to position the computer so that it's blocking a little bit. <laughs> Uh, so what's going on, Andre? I think we feel like I feel like maybe we've maybe we've uh, maybe we've 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 ran off the women on this podcast. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> you, th- you think we got? You think we scared them off? Finally, uh, it's mission accomplished. We finally scared them off. You think? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the maybe it's the <laughs> subject matter we were just going over. But they've, they've endured a whole lot worse. <laughs> right, right. Although uh, we, I, I think you're, you might, you know, mention here that we did get a call in from a female listener. So maybe it's not the best time to be scaring off our our uh, female negative positives people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. So uh, now nah, it's it's uh, it's all good. We all knew that uh, Roxana was taking a break and. Uh, Jess just been busy. She's been a she's been a she's been a busy lady here lately. So uh, uh, you know, just uh, summer and um, you know she's a she's a uh, uh, she's a she's like a she's like a candle in the wind. You know, like uh, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that. I don't even know what that means. Other than I think it's a really bad Elton John song. I think. So. <laughs> yes, you are a, a a Zippo windproof lighter in the wind. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I like that better. <laughs> oh man. So well, this is uh, usually where we catch up. We we only have to catch up with the gruesome twosome. So uh, we always start with Andre. So Andre, what are you uh, what have you been up to lately? Oh man, honestly, I haven't done a whole lot of uh, photography lately. I actually felt a little bit bad because i packed a bag full of cameras for the the fourth of july uh we had a little you know backyard celebration at my boss's house had a lot of fun but during the entire day i never pulled out a single camera and Uh. part of me feels kind of bad but also 
I didn't feel, you know, pressure to take any photos. And I also don't honestly feel that bad about not having taken pictures. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, I did go on Saturday to uh, this little local camera store, which I I believe that uh, Jeff Greenstein has has brought it up once on the I Dream of Cameras podcast. It's called Cam Photo in Burbank, California. And I managed to find this cool little book. It's the Complete Rolly TLR Collector's Guide, 1929 to 1994. Um, I don't usually go for, you know, stuff like this to really, you know, completionist collectors, like looking up serial numbers type thing. But it was like four bucks. And there's cool pictures of (laughs) TLRs that I love from... Uh, the good folks at Rolleiflex. So I, I picked that up, and you know, it's been fun just kind of looking at how, for the most part, you know, not all that much has changed in terms mm-hmm. of what the Rolly TLRs look like. Um, but there are some some pretty pretty wacky ones. They they made like a, a a tele version and a wide angle version that aren't you know on, on the well actually on both of them. I think they're they're much bigger than the the usual sizes. Mm. And they go for crazy amounts of money on eBay these days. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> I, I, you know, you probably, I guess, no, looking at a book like that, isn't that scary? Because, I mean, you, you're pretty happy with the role. I mean, you don't really, you didn't see anything in there. It's like, man, I wish I had that Rolex instead of this, instead of the one that I have, right? I mean. No, yeah, I, I, that's a very good point that you, you bring up. I'm very, very happy with my uh, 3.5F planar. Um, it's smaller than the 2.8. The, you know, accessories are easier to find. Should I ever break one or or lose it, which I have in the past and had to replace, um, you know, some some of like the close-up filters and things like that. Uh, but no, I'm I'm happy with it, man. And and also there's the fact that uh, it, it's got so much sentimental value to me. It's my it's one of my favorite medium format cameras that. Yeah, I'm not tempted by anything that I I look into this. It's just kind of cool to see what some of the other options were. There's one, you know, (laughs) there's some like special editions that have like lizard skin and like (laughs) gold gold trim. Now, whether it's actually gold or just like brass or something, who the hell knows? Um, But it's just, you know, it's fun. (laughs) I have an aversion to like gold because uh, uh, in the 80s, you know, we all wore like, gold hair herringbone chains and stuff and and we you know all the jewelry was gold and and uh, and like all the tri- like bathrooms the kitchen the bathroom fixture would be like brass or gold colored and when we moved into this house every doorknob in this house was was brass was brass colored and there was brass and gold everywhere in this house and we actually ca- uh, nicknamed this house the brass castle when we first moved into it <laughs> so i'm i'm, I'm having a, and like i literally changed everything out to like you know uh you know aluminum or so you know uh, silver colored stuff you know because uh, i could not stand the uh the 80s uh gold uh sort of uh you know i probably should just stuck with it because i'm sure that stuff's com- coming back or will come back you know i actually have seen some some shows on like hgtv or one of you know, those home improvement shows where they're, they're putting in like gold fixtures and stuff i'm like no no don't bring that back please don't bring that back you know, but uh well, you uh, you missed out on the opportunity to call it the goad abode <laughs> <laughs> that's much better oh, oh man yeah, i should have ran with that if i, if I had known about my 
tendency to drop L's in gold. I, I, I would have probably come up with that, but that's a. Oh, I didn't. I didn't no one had called me out on that until this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, what, what else you got, man? Um. Well, I'm, I'm still waiting on it to arrive, but I did. Uh, pull the trigger on a new film back for my RB67. It's uh, for for those who aren't aware, there is a long history of roll film backs for cameras that take the Graflex uh, standard. Um, essentially, I, I, I believe it was Graflex were the first ones to to make a, a back like this that used these sort of sliding kind of shims or cams to, to hold on to the back and there's a number of cameras that that, that take that style of back um, going all the way from really old Graflex uh, you know mini graphic two and a quarter by three and a quarter uh, press cameras to the more I mean quote-unquote modern RB67 and uh, I'd been looking for this one specifically it's called the graflex or also you know you can find them under singer as well uh, but mainly graflex um, rh12 roll mm. film back and it is a six by six roll film back so now with the addition of that my rv67 will be able to shoot uh six four five six by six six by seven and in stacks uh, square so wow. not that i have all of those backs at the moment i do have the 645 with the viewfinder mask i do have a couple six by seven backs now i've got this uh six by six one on the way um and then i'm still trying to find somebody to to do a uh an instax square back for it but mm -hmm. it really it really is exciting because these back these graphlex RH12 6x6 uh, six packs are extremely rare these days. I've lost out on, I think, three or four listings because someone just, you know, hit buy now immediately. Not even sniped. Like, oh, oh. Folks, folks may know, like, I don't ever bid on eBay stuff. I only do buy now. Okay. Um, and people have just, you know, gotten it out from under me. I've got, you know, the, the email alerts set up and i always check them in the morning um, as soon as i wake up and unplug my phone from the charger and i've lost out on the past three or four so hopefully hopefully this one works obviously when it comes in uh later this week i'm going to be testing it out uh, but i'm i would ideally like two of of each uh roll film format so that i can you know benefit from the fact that there's interchangeable backs put black and white in one and color in the other um, Mike, you know from when I went there and, and visited you in, in Louisville, there's nothing that I hate more than seeing something, especially on the street, uh, mm -hmm. where you know you don't have something planned out or can't really control what it is that you're you're shooting that much. See something uh, that would look awesome on color, and you only have black and white in yeah. the camera, or vice versa. So, you know, I'm gonna be the guy with that, like, you know. <clears throat> <laughs> roller <laughs> roller suitcase that's full of you know lenses and <laughs> and uh and film backs because i i need two of everything um but actually you know i i say that kidding but the way that that uh what is, what is, what is his 
position now, cabin boy, um, <laughs> Mike Kukavica. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way that he does his his Hasselblad setup whenever he he travels out here, um, and I'm sure he does that there in in Georgia as well, is that he has his big you know roller like photo roller suitcase with all the little you know compartments and stuff mm-hmm. uh, just in his trunk, and then when he's going somewhere that's uh, you know outdoorsy that he's going to be photographing what we tend to do is just you know drive up to the place and and kind of back in and park next to where we're photographing just pop open the lid of the uh, of that you know roller suitcase thing and then you just have at your disposal all of the lenses and all of the backs that you would need in order to to take your pictures so the rb67 is by no means a uh a small svelte camera but it is my like versatile project camera so i'm, I'm very excited to have uh, acquired this six by six back because it'll just um it'll expand my my ability to you know hopefully create some to shoot some cool film photos with it because uh with it kind the, of, the way it, that the viewfinder is set up you know you permanently have the the two vertical you know dotted blue lines um, and then when you're in, you know, quote unquote, uh, landscape orientation with the six by seven, um, there appear in the viewfinder two horizontal red lines. Um, mm. So if you if you leave the back, you know, rotated in its landscape orientation, you then have the combination of the vertical blue dotted lines and the horizontal red solid lines that intersect to make six by six so you can just compose within that square while also being able to see what's outside of that square by like a small little bit so i'm really really excited to to use this thing hopefully it works i really like the seller accepts returns on ebay but i just hope it works (laughs) yeah you know it's funny because uh you know my typical is i don't really have any uh, cameras with, uh, you know, where you can change the backs and change actual format. So, but, uh, you know, I, so I typically I would, if I go out to shoot for a long photo walk or something, I would, I would just carry multiple cameras so that I'd have my bases covered, I guess. But you're really thinking about taking one camera, but it's almost like you're bringing a bunch of cameras and you have a bunch of backs. So I, I don't know if it's really, uh, gonna lighten your load in here or not. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, it's a, it's absolutely not. I mean, my right. my RB67 is 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 not a minimalist uh, kit by any means. It's very much a maximalist uh, <laughs> kit. But but again, I was I was illuminated to the uh, benefits of that from seeing my Kukavika's setup. It's not the camera that I'm gonna grab if I if I just want to go you know for. A walk around the the neighborhood but if we're gonna go somewhere where you know in a car where um we don't exactly know what we're gonna photograph or, or what's gonna be there and i just want ultimate flexibility and we can just back the car right up to what we're photographing uh, sure. it's it's great and nice. uh, <coughs> excuse me i um i definitely think that it will be a, a fun addition to uh <laughs> to that your arsenal, your arsenal. That, yeah yeah to, <laughs> to that whole set full arsenal there you go there you go anything else um i just got confirmation that all of the uh 400d early bird orders 
have shipped out for the most part. Um, there, there are a couple of exceptions if people ordered early bird and non-early bird tiers together. You know, their their whole order is only going to ship together later on uh, mm-hmm. for the non-early bird stuff. But that's a huge uh, weight lifted off of my shoulders to have that stuff out. Um, you know, very huge thank you for everyone's patience with all of the delays. Um, global supply chains are still tricky with uh, all this COVID stuff. All it takes is one person in a factory to get COVID and it gets shut down for a couple weeks. Uh, boy, I wish that would happen at Ford, but uh, that <laughs> doesn't, doesn't seem to apply there. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the U.S. is kind of over COVID. It's just a guy, just go home. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's mainly what I've what I've got going on. Awesome. Uh, you know, I've seen uh, quite a few YouTube videos here recently uh, about the uh, the uh, the 400D. It seems to be getting some pretty rave reviews. But I think looks like a couple of the YouTubers I watch uh, uh, might be uh, one of their favorite films. I think um, Matt Murray and Matt Loves Cameras uh, did a, a, a video. On that. I think he really liked it. And uh, Dave Mahali, I think, did one. Uh, the old camera guy. And I think uh, did Lucy Lumen do one yep. or not? Yep, yeah. Lucy did yeah. one as well. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of good, uh, I've seen a lot of good videos on it, man. It looks very promising, especially, uh, I think it was Matt Murray that like pushed it to 1600 and got really like fantastic results out of it. So it sounds like, a, I mean, it seems like a really versatile film. So yeah. Yeah. I think he called it, uh, or at least the, the, you know, the text in his thumbnail, um, was like, you know, is this the new, uh, like Fuji Natura 1600? Yeah. Yeah. He, he actually liked the results pushed to 1600 more than he liked it at 400 right right yeah yeah uh-huh and it did look like um in this video i noticed that uh it, there was actually seemed to be less grain in the cine at 1600 than the fuji uh natura 1600 so yeah yeah interesting stuff yeah, I, i've actually fun. have i shot any of the no i haven't shot any of the of the film uh itself i think i have like one role that they gave me Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been trying to save it for for something interesting, and I just haven't really been in a in a very uh, photo taking mood. So maybe maybe next time uh, Kooks is in town, I'll I'll bust it out. What do you have? Thirty five or one twenty? One twenty. Nice, nice. Um, Who knows? Maybe I'll, I mean, well, probably not the first roll because imagine I waste that on a back that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> if I point. if that six by six back ends up working, I'll probably. I'll probably load it into that and, you know, save it for when when Kooks is in town next. Uh, you know, I don't know if you have to be that precious about it, uh, Andre. You know people. You do work there. So uh, you should be able to get a, another role pretty soon, no, I would think. Right? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are a very limited supply right now, and our focus is on uh, fulfilling uh, the the people who, who backed the, the campaign. There's there's a lot of people who've worked with us as like quote unquote influencers that are like, oh, can I get some film? And we're having to be like, uh, we're trying to fulfill the campaign. Check back like later this year, please. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Customers- so if, if anybody, if anybody, you know, out there that, that is still waiting on their, their 400D film, uh, I, hopefully that's, you know, somewhat encouraging. I, I, I know that they're, have been, um, you know, a couple, you know, people in the in the past when these kinds of things come out where they're just like, well, they're just giving it to influencers, and I'm sitting here waiting for my film that I paid for. Don't worry, we are prioritizing the backers. There you go. There you go. Customers first. There you go. Um, all right. Well, uh, if that's all you got, Andre, I'll move on to me a little bit. 
Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I actually did shoot some. Uh, I uh, just some little things, some snapshots uh, of the family doing some things over this time I've had off uh, around Fourth of July, particularly. I found like three cameras here in the cave, like little compact cameras that were like had half shot rolls in them. I was like, you know, I need to, I need to finish these up. I don't even know what's on them, and some in some cases I didn't even know what film was in them and uh, <laughs> and so I was like I need to I need to clear basically clear the clear the clean the pal cleanse the palate clear the slate because uh we uh, we have some plans this week I'm this is my second week off of being off for um, summer shutdown with the uh, the Ford factory where, the, where they do a maintenance shutdown every every summer around this time to do maintenance on the factory and so uh we have I have one more week off and we have some plans to go to some places around the, the state of Kentucky uh, and uh, so I'm going to take some photos this week, and I, but I wanted to have all the all the cameras clear of film that's been sitting on them for I don't know year, two years, who knows? <laughs> and oh man! Just, just so that I have you know whatever camera I decide to take, uh, I can load it with a fresh roll of film uh, or whatever I think I'm going to take that day or whatever. So uh, now I got to go through the uh, the process of figuring out what camera I'm going to take, what film, all that stuff, that that nightmare process. But uh, definitely going to be some shooting this uh, this week at some of the. Some of the uh, places we go uh, to kind of have a little, uh, I guess, staycation, they like to call it. The kids call it these days. Uh, we're just going to be kind of staying around the state of Kentucky at this point. But uh, um, And then, uh, so, yeah, I, I even finished a, a couple of rows of uh, APS film. So just letting you all know that it is still the hottest trend in film photography is taking over the world by storm because uh, <laughs> at least two rows of that will be getting developed uh, in the next week or so. Uh, the APS advanced photo system. So I was glad to uh, knock some of that out. But. So yeah, I've got uh, all all clear cameras now. No no rolls uh, sitting around on any uh, any uh, cameras waiting to be shot. So uh, that that felt good to get that done and just kind of shoot again actually. And and you know it's funny. I was thinking about this today. I, I've kind of pulled out of uh, doing art shows the last couple of years. Uh, I kind of started pulling out last year, and then this year I haven't done any. And I'm not going to do the big one in October uh, that I'd done for so many years. I didn't do it last year either. And it's kind of changed my attitude on photography, and it's in a, in a good way because I always felt this pressure when I was shooting to somewhat think about taking shots that I could potentially put in an art show. So, and now without that pressure of art shows or worrying about, you know, if it's something someone would buy, uh, I can just kind of just shoot and let it be therapeutic and let it be fun and not worry about it. And it's been kind of freeing to, even in the little bit of shooting I've done in the last week or two. Uh, it's been kind of a nice freeing thing not to have to think about hmm, is this uh, is this artsy enough to uh, put in the art show you know like I don't I don't have to, I, there's no consideration of that now so I found that kind of quite freeing so uh, kind of something I, I learned about myself in the last uh, couple weeks <laughs> so and, plus uh, no uh, none of that you know stress of having to do all the frames and cleaning glass oh god the cleaning the glass yes I've cleaned so much glass I mean. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, it's, it's, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of at at peace with this decision. I, I don't, I'm not saying I'll never do an art show again. If something easy falls in my lap or something, but me, as far as me doing a three day marathon all weekend art show like that one in October was, I don't see me really uh, relishing the idea of doing that. Maybe a one day, or, you know, art show or something, or uh, I could see doing, but uh but you know i'm not, not gonna be pushing forward or looking for it but it's just been just been kind of freeing to just kind of enjoy photography as a fun hobby and not being worried about it like uh you know we've talked about it many times about you know once you try to monetize something you love sometimes it's easy to fall out of love with something that you know you usually enjoy you know so uh it's been kind of a 
kind of nice to just see photography as uh, just a little bit of escape and not a uh, you know way, something I'm trying to monetize, you know. So, um, but yeah, uh, so that's pretty much what I got as far as my photography, which uh, which is more than I've had in, in uh, I don't know two years maybe. <laughs> but um, I did get some things in the mail, so uh, I want to. Uh, Get these out. Some of them I forgot to mention on the last uh, last uh, listener interaction show. But uh, uh, you know, I got this new uh, Gutterman beer fridge, film fridge out here, uh, and uh, some people. I, I, I mentioned that you know there's not very many stickers on it yet. So um, some people uh, came through with some stickers to put on there, and uh, the first one came from uh, Mr. Jake Rose from Embrace the Grain podcast uh, with his co-host uh, Sherry Christensen. Uh, he sends me uh, first of all a print. It's like a foggy black and white print with a uh, sort of a one of these. I don't know if it's a what kind of vehicle it is. It looks sort of like a like a vanigan type, like a small van type. I don't know if it's a Volkswagen or not, but it kind of reminds me of something like that uh, on the uh, on the photo. And it says uh, uh, on the on the print, it says, "Mike, it's been said before, but it bears repeating. Thanks for everything you do for the film community, Jake Rose." And Jake included a couple of uh, "Embrace the Green" podcast stickers. So. There is now one on the Gutterman beer fridge, and there's a uh, there's one on a uh, one of my guitar cases. So, uh, thank you so much, Jake, for that. And uh, so yeah, and then next up, Mr. Billy Sanford from the Music and Photography Podcast on the Sunny Sixteen Presents feed, and also a big congrats to uh, Billy Sanford. Uh, sounds like he got uh, promoted over there under the Sunny Sixteen Presents umbrella. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> Graham <laughs> is uh, trying to get out of some work, so I think he's uh, put Billy a little bit in charge of handling some of the some of the at least the emails or something going for. Or so he's he's going to Billy's going to be helping Graham with the Sunny Sixteen Presents feed a little bit. So I think he got a promotion, but I think he's actually just uh, just Graham trying to get out of work. I think is what it sounds like. So, uh, so Billy, I don't know if this is a good deal for you or not, man. But <laughs> but uh, anyway, he uh, he sent the sticker, and it's a music and photography podcast sticker. So uh, it's uh, up on the fridge, and there's also one on my guitar case as well. Uh, along with it was a note saying, "Congrats on the new fridge." If you're looking to start up Sticker Collection 2.0, I'd be humbled to, to contribute and think of my little sticker hanging out in ground zero of the negative positives universe. <laughs> Thanks, as always, for all you do for the community. Billy, Billy Sanford. So thank you, Billy, for the uh, the sticker. And uh, like I said, you are on the, the hallowed uh, film fridge at this point. So, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, and he, uh, see, he just came out with um, a couple of new music and photography episodes. Uh, one with Christine Pinnock, which uh, people that listen to the show, uh, you might, or people that are on the Facebook group, surely know Christine. She's always hanging out around there and always being very helpful and very enthusiastic. Uh, did a um, episode with her, and also an episode with uh, let's see, uh, Jody Andrazi, uh, which is uh, you know uh, might know from uh, uh, Jess Hobbs' uh, partner there, right? So uh, uh, did a really good music and started with him as well. So uh, very very cool, and makes me wonder why I haven't had Jody on the show because uh i think we'd get along famously so uh, <laughs> we both uh, like fender guitars apparently so <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh so and next up we have um i got a um uh a, a postcard from alessandro canacchia uh who has obviously been on the show a couple months ago and uh he uh sends uh, on the back of the postcard it says hi mike um uh, had a great time sightseeing in new york city but instead of the usual cliche tourist photos Here's a New Jersey K uh, Kmart with a Ford in front. <laughs> one of the last remaining stores, uh, one of the last three stores remaining. Best wishes, Alessandro Canacchia. And uh, so, yes, this is a this is a really cool thing, man. It, the postcard 
is actually a uh, postcard. I think you can get, I think he said he gets, gets them from Polaroid. So it's basically a postcard meant to send, just like a postcard, but a Polaroid fits inside it. So uh, uh, you're basically sending a Polaroid postcard print. So how cool is that? So I literally got like, yeah, and it's really cool because, I mean, this is an original Polaroid. And this is like one of a kind, right? So, I mean, it's kind of interesting when somebody sends you a Polaroid because unless they took the same shot twice to keep one for themselves, this is the only one that exists, right? So uh, pretty cool. And it's an old Kmart, which... uh, uh, fa- famous chain of stores that were everywhere when I was growing up and have now like much like Sears kind of disappeared all over the country. There apparently there's only three Kmart's left and this is one of the last ones, uh, in New Jersey. And, uh, yes, there is a, a Ford in the parking lot out there. So, uh, apparently, uh, you know, Ford's, uh, Ford people like, uh, like a bargain. So, uh, they, they stopped hmm. at Kmart. So, <laughs> but, uh, thank you. Alessandro. That was very cool. I've never seen a, uh, uh, Polaroid postcard, uh, mailer and, uh, but, uh, very, very cool. And uh, let's see, what else did I get here? Oh, speaking of the uh, the Gutterman beer fridge, beer uh, uh, film fridge, I got this uh, um, uh, uh, shit. Um, uh, <laughs> Sean Nelson from UtahFilmPhotography.com. He uh, reached out to me and says, hey, Mike, I got something for your fridge. Uh, give me your address. So I give him my address. And, and all of a sudden, this Amazon package arrives. And uh, inside there is just a small little Amazon box. And inside there is this really, really cool thing I didn't know existed. And it's really changed my game on putting stickers or photos on this new beer film, uh, beer film, <laughs> beer film fridge. Um, and uh, it is some adhesive magnet tape. And it looks just like a roll of scotch tape, except it's like uh, it's like black magnet tape. And you literally dispense it just like you would like scotch uh, transparent tape or whatever. And uh, yeah, you just rip off a little piece, peel off the sticky backing, stick it on the back of the print or the sticker. And then uh, the other side's a magnet. And you just stick it on the fridge, just like a, uh, you basically turn any any sticker or any photo into a magnet. You can put it on your fridge and you can move them around. And if this fridge ever dies, it can they can move and live on uh, Gutterman Cave Fridge version 3.0 uh, when when version 2.0 should die. So I don't have to lose, you know, the collection of stickers and and photos that I have uh, on the fr- fridge out here. So uh, thank you, Sean Nelson. That, this is just, it's a game changer. And I, like everything that I have on the new film fridge is uh, is actually not stuck to it with stickers. It's it's uh, on there with magnets. So uh, very very cool. Have you ever heard of that, Andre? I have, and I don't know why I never thought of it of, of recommending it to you right, right. And this makes me so incredibly happy because mike you know from you know private conversations that we've had that it broke my heart to you know hear that there was no space or whatever your, your excuse was for not <laughs> keeping the the doors of the old gutter man fridge um because yes i know that you have all those photos saved on memory cards and stuff and backed up from your you know little kodak zinc camera but there there is something is like extremely special about the faded blue um, (laughs) of that zinc paper when it when it it fades that way over time and i know (laughs) that if you reprint them like it'll fade that way again but it'll (laughs) it'll take a while (laughs) yeah definitely gonna have to uh reprint some of the some of the, the the greatest hits from the version 2.0 fridge and put it on the version uh, version 1.0 fridge and put it on the version 2.0 fridge, but but using the magnets this time. And uh, so, uh, yeah, and because, uh, you know, I have a picture of, uh, of you, uh, me and you in, in the cave together. That one's got to go on the on the new fridge. So I'm going to have to reprint that one on the zinc paper and and let it turn a lovely bluish hue in a year or two. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, all right. The last thing I got in the mail 
comes from none other, uh, uh, everyone's favorite uh, on hiatus co-captain, uh, Roxana Angles. And just out of the blue, she just uh, sends me this, uh, this envelope. It says a uh, little note in here. It says, greetings, Mike. Thought I'd send some California photo love through the mail. Enjoy, Roxana. And Roxana has sent me uh, four prints. And uh, and I wish I could show you guys these, but I did do a face cast on them when I got them. It's probably from a couple months ago because it's... Uh, I forgot to mention this in the last uh, listener interaction episode, but these photos are just, uh, I mean, pure Roxana. Like you just, as soon as you, even if she didn't include a note or even a return address, I would, I would open it up and know these are her photos. That's one thing I love about Roxana's photography is like, you can always spot it and you know, and you almost always know it's her, you know, like she has a style and a look and uh, it's uh, something uh, I wish I had, <laughs> you know, but she's very good at it. And like, here's a sign, uh, here's a very blue sky kind of uh it almost looks cross-processed or something, but it says a little sign says a neon sign says desert. Here's another one. Uh, looks like a bunch of people walking in front of a building or a fence. It says Indio on it. Uh, here's another one that definitely looks like uh, probably looks like lumber chrome purple, and uh, it's uh, some uh, some windmills, some of those uh, you know the uh, energy windmill things uh, that uh, with some mountains in the background. Very cool. And, uh, here's another one with some palm trees and a, a sign that says, uh, like a brick wall, it says California on it. So definitely some very Cali, uh, type photos, which is, uh, you know, not, so, so cool to see. And like definitely Roxanna style for sure. And, uh, uh, the only bad thing is, is we're not sure if we're going to get to a beach this year. So, uh, these looking at these photos are is making me a little, little, uh, a little sad because I may not make it to a beach this year. So <laughs> definitely a, a beachy tropical vibe going on on these things, man. But, uh, uh, but thank you so much, Roxana, for these beautiful prints. And, uh, I'm sure uh, I might put some magnet tape on, on a couple of these and put these on the fridge as well. So, but, uh, but yeah, very, very cool. So that's, uh, uh, kind of my, uh, my mail, uh, there was a couple other things I wanted to get through here um, uh, before we um, take a break. Um, let's see. There's a couple shout outs I want to give. I want to give a shout out to Alex Lokes and his uh, YouTube channel. He did a review of the Minolta Maxim 70, and uh, he included uh, some of my music. So thank you, Alex. Um, also, I did make an appearance on another podcast, Lucy Lumen's Podcast Adventure. And uh, I don't think I've talked about it on an actual episode. So, uh, yeah, that is out. Uh, she just came out with a new episode with uh, another guest, uh, I think, yesterday. But uh, the one before that is uh, with me uh, on Lucy Lumen's Podcast Adventure. And we talk mostly about music, uh, but there is some photography talk sprinkled in there. But um, uh, I just uh, – everybody check it out, and uh, especially if you like to hear a lot of music talk and – uh, particularly about the uh, alternative music scene of the 90s <laughs> a lot of, a lot of coverage on that so uh, uh, but just a real real fun to be on Lucy's show and uh, she it was a real blast and a real honor to be on that so uh, thank her so much for giving me that opportunity but um, the other thing is um, Uncle Jonesy's cameras podcast came out with an episode recently and Wayne Setzer was trying to decide on a Canon or a Pentax for his 35 millimeter system and I had sent an email telling Wayne that, I mean, we know what the right choice is here. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, everybody wants to be a Pentaxian, you know, nobody wants to be a, a Canonite or Canononian or whatever they call those people. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, Wayne finally, uh, you know, uh, uh, made his decision and it's on the latest podcast. Uh, I, I, uh, I won't, in case you listen, I won't, I won't, I won't spoil it. Uh, but spoiler alert: the the right the right brand was picked, and I'll just say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to Wayne Setzer on making a proper decision, and uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, check out the Jody's Cameras podcast for a really good episode there. Uh, lastly, I just wanted to say um, Michael Kaplan uh, does the uh, podcast the the Ephemeral Machine, and uh, he did like fourteen episodes, I believe it was. 
And uh, his re- most recent one, he's actually it's his farewell episode. He's actually ending the podcast. And uh, I just wanted to thank him for uh, you know being a part of the community, the the podcasting community, and and uh, doing a fine job over there. Uh, it's it's I guess it's bittersweet in a way because it's not like he's quitting it because uh, you know he's just fed up with it. He he actually got a really good opportunity. Got a grant from. Uh, Ohio State University to move on and do uh, bigger and better and greater things. So he's got to put his time to that. So congratulations on uh, him for having a great opportunity uh, kind of, uh, you know, come his way. And uh, and uh, thank him for the podcast episodes that he did put out. The good thing is about podcasts, they just kind of stay up forever. So you have, you know, you can still go back and check them out and, and get some, some value out of the, the episodes that he put up. So uh, uh, congrats to Michael Kaplan on um, a job well done on the podcast and a job uh, um, and, and good luck on the uh, the uh, opportunity has been uh, bestowed upon him here recently. So uh, just a couple of shout outs I wanted to get out of there. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's all I got. Um, I guess, uh, Andre, you got any, any thoughts on any of that or you want to take a break? I think it is a great time to take a break. All right, we'll do that, uh, folks. We will take a break and be right back. folks we're back from the break and uh we got uh, some uh, some call-ins to get to here uh i think we're gonna play three call-ins tonight and i think if i if my math if my mathematics works out correctly i think i only have like three uh, call-ins left so yeah back back in the red zone you know because i think on these listener interaction shows we've been playing more call-ins than usual so i think that's uh, uh you know and i think it's uh, uh it's uh, it's kind of what we've been wanting to do. Some people were complaining it took too long to get their pod, uh, to get their call-ins played. Uh, they, they'd send a call-in and it wouldn't get played for like six months. So we're, we're kind of burning through them now, which is good. But that puts me back in the red zone. So, uh, yeah, if you guys have any call-ins you want to send in, now would be a good time. You can get in the queue to get on the air pretty soon. So uh, just send a uh, audio file to nagpositives at gmail.com. And speaking call-ins, we'll get into two of them here on this segment. Uh, the first one's going to come from Mr. Sam Knight. And he's going to tell us a little, uh, kind of give us a little motivation and uh, talk about local history and photography. So uh, let's listen to what Sam Knight has to say about this uh, subject. Hi there, Mike. And uh, here's a call in as requested. Uh, Here's an idea. It's a concept for people much like yourself, Mike, who are maybe not sure what to shoot or they've lost their mojo for shooting or or they're looking for a new project. My name's Sam Knight. Uh, I am calling from England, uh, which is a part of Great Britain. Um, And recently I discovered the joys of old history books, specifically local history books. You can pick them up in local charity shops, uh, charity bookshops, things like that, secondhand shops. Uh, they are cheap as chips and contained within those pages are some very often high quality black and white photographs of scenes that you will recognize from your own town or your own area Um, and what I've been doing is taking my camera out and going and copying 
those photographs, taking the picture as it is today and recording it for posterity's sake today. Some of them haven't changed very much. If it's a historic building, it's probably still there as a historic building. But lots of them, the street scenes and things would have changed beyond all imagination of the people who were reading that book when it was new. It's an interesting thing to do. Uh, of course, you can share that however you want. You can share it online. Uh, that is often quite interesting for people who are uh, friends of yours, etc., to see those differences and those changes. Uh, or you can just pop the photos in an album and uh, make a little share for close family or friends only. Um, so there's the idea. I think it's probably doable for people all around the world. And uh, yeah, go explore your local area. Take your camera. Hope that helps. Uh, if you want to look up me, you can find me on Instagram at Sam's Outdoor Life, which is all one word and without an apostrophe. Uh, so it's S-A-M-S, -S, no apostrophe, uh, Outdoor Life, all one word. Or if you go on Flickr, which is a bit more grown up, you will find me under Sam's Outdoor Life. But that is S-A-M apostrophe S, Outdoor separate word, Life separate word. That's because Flickr's grown up. Anyway, take care, keep shooting film, have fun. Well, thank you, Sam Knight, uh, for a really good idea there. I, I uh, have never really thought about doing that, uh, but I think it would be, uh, I, think the, I think the key there is, uh, I, I like the idea of trying to take sort of the same photo, but putting it in the, the modern surroundings of how it's changed uh, from maybe when it was in the, his, in the history book or whatever, from like the old photo of it or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, not, not a bad idea. I, um, I think that I have several... Uh, I just churning on how I'm going to uh, kind of get motivated to shoot again, but uh, I'm actually kind of concerned because one of the places we're going, um, Cave City, Kentucky, this uh, this uh, this week, uh, I, I've shot that area several times. I brought cameras the last couple times we went there, and so I'm kind of wondering, have I shot everything that uh, you know? Am I just going to be repeating myself or whatever? Because I mean, it's it's a small little exit off the off the freeway here in Kentucky and uh, a very touristy area, but. I kind of feel like I might have overshot it, but we'll see. I'll try to, you know, try to come out with a fresh eye and, and and try to, you know, get something something different, hopefully. But uh, uh, or if nothing else, I'll just shoot the damn same damn thing all over again. But but uh, but yeah, a really good idea about this, uh, Andre. What do you think about it? You know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you've ever come across this, Mike, where they'll have a. I mean, he, he mentioned uh, the example of like a historic building or, or a street or a square or anything like that. And they'll have um, it kind of uh, either cut along like the horizontal or the diagonal where like one half is the, you know, picture back from, you know, back in the day. And then the other half is the picture from modern day. Or if oh, yeah. it's in a video, they'll do like a cross dissolve between the two. I always really enjoy seeing those and just seeing mm -hmm. kind of the the changes of you know of time you know seeing roads go from like little dirt roads to obviously you know paved ones uh -huh. uh, if there is a historical building that's been you know preserved and maintained seeing it then be surrounded by like little shops and apartment buildings i always i always get a kick out of that um the dichotomy between the two mm -hmm. i tell you that we uh found some old photos of uh 
of this house that we live in. Uh, Manette actually grew up in this house. So uh, um, we basically bought the house that she grew up in or whatever. And, and so we found photos of her childhood of this house. And, you know, we, we don't really think the house has changed that much. And, uh, and uh, from like 20 years ago, but even this house is, is, is mundane and as, you know, a generic three bedroom ranch suburban house that it is, it has changed in 20 years. Uh, obviously the 20 years ago, there was there was brass knobs on the front door and there isn't now so uh <laughs> so but but be, but even bigger things than that like just the the uh the house number on the house has changed and, and stuff like that like the the, the numbers that was uh announced what, what house number it was and and like the the light fixture was different and just i mean even even tiny little changes on a on a suburban house was kind of interesting to see so you can imagine something with more impact like it's something historical in nature uh, how that would be interesting to see uh, how it's changed throughout the years or or or, or or maybe it hadn't changed at all, but the surroundings have. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Sam Knight, for uh, a good idea. And hopefully that helps uh, me and other people out here that's uh, maybe find, uh, needing a little motivation or uh, a different idea to shoot uh, something different. So, uh, thank you, sir. And uh, next, uh, Colin, going to come from Mr. Patrick Blake. And uh, he is going to be telling us about the Polaroid SX-70 sonar. So, let's listen to what Patrick Blake has to say about the Polaroid SX-70 Sonar. Hey, this is Patrick with a calling camera review for my 1978 Polaroid SX70 Sonar One Step. I picked up this camera a few months ago off a guy in Offer Up as part of a Polaroid lot. This was the camera I was most excited about, but unfortunately it didn't work. On a shelf it went, to be fiddled with and troubleshot another day. That day came, about a week or so ago, when I was messing with it. I popped an empty film pack in it to test it with the battery and hooked it up to a flash to see if it would do anything. It did not. So back on the shelf it went. About 20 minutes later, however, I heard that distinct mirror slap and ejection noise that I've come to love so much. I'd forgotten to remove the battery I'd just been testing with. I guess the battery contacts just finally came clean enough after inserting a battery a few times. Now the camera seems to work perfectly, aside from occasionally not wanting to reset the film counter every so often. That fun little story aside, the camera is wonderful, and it has quickly made its way to being one of my favorites. Now let's talk about the camera itself. It differs very little from your standard SX-70 folding camera. It's a glass lens SLR instant film camera, shooting, you guessed it, SX-70 film. However, I generally use Polaroid 600 film with a neutral density filter because it's easier to find and will work on any of my integral film Polaroid cameras, of which I have quite a few. It has a light meter with an exposure compensation dial, just like any other SX-70 folding cameras, though mine might overexpose a little. The real joy with this camera is the Sonar Autofocus System. The first autofocus system in an SLR camera, it works a lot like echolocation. The camera shoots out a beam, beam bounces off object and back to camera, and camera focuses to that distance. And this system works irregardless of light. You could bring this camera into a dark room, take a picture, and for all intents and purposes, something would be in focus. But what about those times you don't want autofocus? Edwin Land had you covered. Flipping a simple switch deactivates it, and you can use the camera like a normal SX-70 folding camera with manual focus. Unlike the regular SX-70s of the time, however, the sonar did not have a split prism screen, and instead you'd just have to rely on your eye if you're using manual focus. Now this camera will never in a million years replace my regular SX-70, but I do see it becoming a frequent flyer in my arsenal. It's quick, it's easy, it's beautiful. 
This has been Patrick Blake. You can find me on Instagram at patrick.filmaf or on the Negative Positives Podcast Facebook group. I don't know how to end this, so I'll leave you with this. Use your turn signals, buckle your seatbelts, and reach out to your friends. Peace. Well, thank you, Patrick Blake, for your review of the Polaroid SX-70 Sonar. I used to, I used to have one of those. Uh, I think mine was black, I believe. And uh, it, uh, it, I was amazed at how well that autofocus system worked on that thing. Like, it really did work quite well. And, uh, I mean, at, at times I would turn it to manual focus just because I was used to doing that with my regular SX-70s. But, um, uh, but yeah, I never really felt that I had to, though, because... Uh, uh, that autofocus was pretty accurate, so uh, pretty amazing technology at that time. So uh, it, it does make it a little bit more of a bulky camera because it has like this big sonar thing on top of it. But uh, so when it folds down, uh, it's a little little longer. Um, but very cool system, and uh, uh, very fortunate to his uh, just kind of kind of just magically rose from the dead. So uh, very very good. Uh, congrats on that, Patrick, because uh, a lot of people didn't get that lucky with some of those. But uh, but yeah, Andre, any thoughts? One more electronic thing to fail. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I mean, it it is really cool that that Patrick's uh, unit, you know, sprang back to to life. You definitely don't hear that that often <laughs> of it just kind of miraculously uh, reviving itself. But they they definitely are uh, cool. The 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 extra length that it adds has always been something that's sort of bothered me. And aesthetically, it it, it doesn't look as nice with that kind of honeycomb. Yeah, um, sonar thing on there, but it almost looks like an after uh, aftermarket mod or something like you know it does, almost doesn't look factory, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can't remember because I, I it's been a while since I've seen one. On top of that sonar thing, does it still have the little slot where you then put in like the the flash bar or the flash cubes? Mm, I guess yeah, I would think it, it it must it has to because he talked about trying a flash thing with it so it yeah i, I was, yeah. that's the only place it would go because so imagine it does, how long yeah. it must be in that, in that <laughs> right. configuration <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah uh, definitely uh you know definitely doesn't uh necessarily fit in the inside jacket pocket of your of your uh of your uh, of your fancy fancy lad uh you know uh dinner jacket like uh like uh, <laughs> Well, also, you know, they 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 make uh, clothing very differently these days. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if if, uh, if many men's uh, jackets these days have uh, pockets wide enough for right. an SX seventy, you know, standard. Let alone the <laughs> the sonar. <clears throat> oh, actually, that does remind me of something cool. I was actually uh, informed today that uh, we're going to be starting to carry. Uh, Polaroid film on the Sinister Online Store. Oh, really? Well, that's good. Another mm-hmm. another source. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the cameras. I, I need to check on that, but it'll be an additional place that you can check. So you know, now we'll be carrying obviously Cinestill, Kodak, Ilford. We carry Fuji Acros. Um, you remember what I used to say, Mike? That I hate self promotion. Uh, today <laughs> I, I seem to be very okay with it. <laughs> You know what it is. Uh, you, uh, I think, uh, not having the, not having the ladies on the show, your guards down a little bit. You know, you're, yeah. uh, you're a little, you're a little less proper. Maybe that's there what it go. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks to, um, uh, to uh, Sam Knight and Patrick Blake for those call-ins. Uh, we'll take us uh, one more break, and uh, we'll come back with one more call-in, and then wrap this show up. So uh, uh, we'll take us a break, and be right back, folks.
right, folks, we're back for the final segment, and we got one more uh, Lister call-in, a call-in camera review to get to, and this one's going to come from none other, none other than Bill Smith from the classic Camera Revival, and uh, he's going to be talking about a, uh, a Leica. Uh, so uh, let's find out what Leica he's talking about. I think it's an M3, I believe, so let's uh, listen to what Bill Smith has to say about the Leica M3. Hey guys, it's Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival with another phone-in review for negative positives. Today, we're going to talk about the Leica M3. I know, Leica, rather polarizing brand amongst the community. I've owned my M3 since spring 2005. Uh, it came into my possession uh, as it was owned by my late dad. And I kind of wish I got it under happier circumstances, but hey, you know, that's the way life shakes out. So my M3 was made in 1954. It is a very early example without the frame line preview lever. It is a double stroke M3 and it has the shutter speeds from one one hundredth of a speed down to one fiftieth, one 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 twenty fifth and all the way down, as opposed to the more familiar shutter speeds that you see, 1 1 25th, 1 60th, 1 30th, and so forth. The M3 itself was built uh, from 1954 to about 1966. About 200,000 examples were made. And the, again, the early examples up until about 1958 were a double stroke, because Leica engineers thought that a single stroke might be too hard on the acetate film base. So I love my M3. Is it a perfect camera? Well, if you're shooting rangefinder, it is an acquired taste. In fact, shooting rangefinders in general are acquired, an acquired taste. Because up until 1959, when the Pentax Model K was out, Nikon F, the Minolta SR series, um, those were the cameras that really put SLR onto the map. Leica was the go-to, you know, high-end camera, especially for photojournalists who didn't want to lug a Roliflex or a Speed Graphic or a Linhoff Master Technica into the field. It's a very light camera. It uh, the M3 came with um, 50, 90, and 135 frame lines. Although I don't recall the last time I used my 135 hectare lens. My camera, and I'm sort of talking about my camera, it came with a 50 f2 collapsible Summicron, which is original to the camera, along with the 90 f4 collapsible Elmar, which is actually a gem of a lens that doesn't get enough due. The end results, again, speak for themselves. Again, it requires some skill that, you know, you're going to need as opposed to, like, jumping in to photography with, say, a Minolta X700 or a Canon AE-1. Uh, the M3 or any of the Leica M-mount cameras uh, are going to require a bit, of a, a bit of a skill set, and you have to see the world differently. Is the M3 a perfect camera? Or the M-mount uh, rangefinders? No, they're not. They utterly suck at macro photography. And anything telephoto beyond 135, then you're going to need a Visoflex. 
and go from there. And uh, that is a pain in the ass. But since we're still just talking the M3, if you love shooting 50 millimeter, the Nifty 50, then this is the camera for you. Now, like a glass of the period, and we're talking the period of 1954, 1955, which my dad's M3 came from, uh, the native Leica glass, the lens coatings are about as durable as chalk. So finding a decent example is downright near impossible. And thankfully, my late father had a UV protective filter on his. So my example turned out just fine. Same thing with the 90F4 Claspel Elmar. Now, are you, you're going to ask, uh, and, and what's the allure of shooting uh, the M3? I think it comes down to, it's, like, I, it's a chance for me to be close to my dad. And he's maybe been gone for a long time, but I can still sort of be with him, or at least a younger version of him, when he bought this like a second hand in the 1960s. So, um, I won't, you're going to ask that question. I want a Leica. Okay, that's lovely. Uh, sadly, however, Leica M mount rangefinders, uh, vintage ones have gotten expensive over the past few years. And I'm going to be blunt. If you want a decent example, budget $2,000. You're going to get something that probably has been overhauled within the past five to seven years. If you're buying off another photographer, insist on any documentation for repairs. Repairs, CLAs, what has been done to the camera. Be wary of someone who says, oh, yeah, no one has opened this camera and it still has the original L seal. If you're a collecting nerd and it plans to be a shelf queen, sure, knock yourself out. But if you plan on using that camera, it has have to have seen a repair tech at least probably three or four times. Ask me how I know. So getting back to my personal experience. So I got the M3 and I had light leaks from pinholes in the shutter curtain. I had to replace the shutter curtain because my dad was a smoker and ash, stray ash wound up on the film plane while he was changing film. So little pinholes, the shutter had to be replaced. So expect stuff like that if the camera has not been used in a very long time. The other Achilles heel is the rangefinder itself. There might be some balsam separation within the rangefinder, so you're going to need someone who knows their stuff in terms of being a Leica knowledgeable repair tech who can crack it open and fix it. Uh, these cameras are getting on for 60 years old, if not older, and they're going to have 60-plus-year-old camera issues. That said... An overhauled M3 is a joy to shoot with. So as I'm going to circle back, if you're thinking of getting into this, um, my advice, it's kind of like buying a vintage muscle car or a sports car. Do your homework. Do your homework on 
the camera, do your homework on the person selling you the camera, have a budget in mind, be realistic. Unfortunately, these cameras cost money and only more so as time goes on. And I would also budget at least three, $400 for some serious overhaul work, especially if the camera's been sitting around for a while. That said, a properly maintained M3 will last another 50 years. So that's the reason why I'm holding on to my dad's M3 and will be going to probably a family member, most likely my niece or nephew, if they get interested into photography. So there you go, an M3. It's less a camera, more like an heirloom that you can actually take photos with. So it's Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival. I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for the next phone-in review. Well, thank you so much, Bill Smith, for uh, your review of the uh, Leica M3 Leica. And uh, I I have to say that review was a little bit more, just a little bit more in-depth than Theo Panagopoulos' uh, Leica M3 reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Just just a yeah, just a couple of weeks ago when we aired that that review of the camera. Uh, yeah, I uh, wasn't the M3 the one that I borrowed from you when you were in Louisville. Not the one that I shot. Correct. Yeah, back yeah. when I owned one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was uh, uh, the nice thing was you had that um, that uh, that ex- like that external meter uh, with that um, what was it? Who who made that meter on top of the uh, on the hot uh, Voigtlander? It was the Voigtlander VC2 yeah. external light meter. Yeah, hot, and, uh, like hot shoe mounted external mm-hmm. heater. That was very cool, and uh, made the made the shooting uh, process, uh, you know, a little a little bit more, not quite as fast as an SLR for me, but uh, you know, it made it uh, a little a little less less painful. Um, <laughs> especially that's the first time I I really used a quality rangefinder in my life, pretty much. So, uh, but I enjoyed shooting. I got some great results out of that camera, and uh, I even got a classic uh, Andre on the street style with it, I believe. So, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh <laughs> but very very cool um so andre you're the you're the you're the like a guy what, what do you think about bill's uh, review and his thoughts on on uh your if, if you're wanting to buy one or or just in general about it yeah no i was gonna say uh there, there's not all that much to say about the camera itself the the list of specifications is very short and it's a very simple camera so i'm actually glad that bill spent the majority of the time offering some really useful uh, advice to anybody interested in them in terms of, you know, by the seller. I know that it's very, uh, you know, tempting to look for a deal. And, you know, I've, I've done it many times, bought cameras from fellow uh, photographers. But really, when it comes to Spending that much money on a camera, you really want to make sure that it works. So either if you find something that's kind of beat up and you don't really know the condition, definitely budget some money to get it overhauled. The, the good thing is that, you know, that he mentioned is that these cameras can be repaired. Uh, they're fully mechanical. There's plenty of parts for them. Um, it shouldn't be uh, an issue. You're, you're going to pay for it. But uh you know, if you do want something that you know is already working, I would strongly recommend purchasing from one of the you know dealers who 
are already selling it to you CLA'd um, mm. and that are very trusted. I can immediately recommend uh, Michael Delacroix over at Camera Center of Reading, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Dan Tamarkin over at Tamarkin Camera. Um, those are really my 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 two go-to uh, folks for if I were to buy a Leica and I have 100% confidence that it's going to work. It just came back from being overhauled the minute that I I enter in my credit card info on the on the site and I don't have to worry about it. Those would be the two places that I would go to to buy a Leica. And yes, they are going to be, you know, perceived as uh, compared to what you'll see on eBay as higher priced than that. But that's factoring in the cost of a CLA and that's factoring in the the fact that those people are trusted. So mm-hmm. don't I would say don't skimp out if you're if you're buying a Leica. Sure. I mean, if you're already going to make that investment, which it is an investment. The good thing is it's an investment that may hurt at first, but probably never going to lose your money on that. Right. It's they're only going to go up in value. So, I mean, so I I, I don't necessarily recommend, you know, unless you just got, you know, a ton of money and you don't you don't mind. Again, not that you're going to lose anything, but uh, because these these cameras do hold their value. Um, But. If you're just wanting to see whether or not a rangefinder style camera is for you, there are less expensive options than that. And, and overall, the 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 differences between less expensive rangefinders and a Leica are minimal. There are little ergonomic things um, and you know different lens selection, but the basic kind of manual of arms in terms of operating the camera are the same between a Nikon S2, a Canon P. So if you just want to see whether or not you even like that style of camera, consider picking up something less uh, expensive. And if you end up falling in love with that style of camera, that style of focusing, and you want to see if a Leica is for you, then you can kind of upgrade to that that that's what i recommend to a lot of people it you know it's a piece of advice it's an opinion and like you know like assholes everyone's got one <laughs> right <laughs> uh, you know he mentioned the uh there's, there's two other things i want to get to on in his about his calling but like uh the first thing he mentioned the uh the sort of fr- fragility of the coating lens coatings have you ever noticed that with any your like lenses do you tend to keep um a uh, a UV filter on there to protect yours, or what's your thoughts on that? Have you had any experience with that? I mean, I, I keep UV filters on everything just because yeah. I'd, I'd hate, I'd rather break a UV filter than the front element of my lens. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I, I've definitely experienced, you know, really soft coatings on some of the really, really old lenses. I don't personally own anymore any lenses older than, you know, the mid 1950s. Um, so I haven't really had an issue with that. Most of my lenses are, are multi-coated with, you know, more modern coatings that can, can hold up to some, uh, some abuse. You're not going <laughs> to scratch it by trying to, to clean it per se. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and on the other hand, those older lenses with those softer single coatings do have a really kind of soft dreamy hazy look to them that some people really like but not necessarily the 3d pop like a look that people talk about right <laughs> no not 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 particularly yeah and also yeah. don't don't limit yourself to 
only Leica lenses. There's Voigtlander lenses, Zeiss lenses. Um, I tend to stay away from the the new crop of, uh, you know, Chinese manufactured ones. Not that they don't make good lenses, but again, if I'm if I am in investing in a camera system that I love, that I love it as much for the history as for the ergonomics and everything, I do want the older Leica lenses. I, I don't necessarily love the idea of um, slapping, especially the, the, the ones that are like direct copies of, you know, even like the external like housing furniture of uh, vintage Leica lenses. That kind of puts a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. So mm. um, I, I tend to really like the, the Leica lenses. Yeah, I mean, if you're shooting Leica, you, I mean, you kind of want Leica glass. It's kind of the point. That's kind of what they're famous for, right? I mean, <laughs> so yeah. And and um, and all my Leica lenses are old Leica lenses. I have not right. yet graduated up to to new stuff. Um, maybe one day, but you can find some really really, uh, you know, great lenses from the from the 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. So folks, just keep supporting Cine still so Andre can get that big raise and get get him a, <laughs> get him some new glass. So uh, uh, but, <laughs> I, I have told myself that I I am one day you know to celebrate some you know big career milestone gonna buy a, a new Leica MA and a uh, you know a, a, a modern um, 51.4 Sumalux. Nice, nice. But yeah. that day has not come yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's it is, uh, it is still that, well off. <laughs> sounds a lot like my. Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, that custom shop Fender guitar I have uh, always talked about or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, uh, Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to point out was uh, a cool story that, you know, this is a camera that, um, you know, Bill got from his dad, and he feels like a connection with his dad when he uh, shoots it. And, uh, you know, I, I going through um, losing my father last year uh, and getting his camera collection and uh, get, particularly getting his K1000, which – is what I learned photography on when I borrowed it from my dad back in high school. And uh, so that, that camera, uh, even though it's a lowly K1000, just means more to me than any other camera I own because of it. And it's like it's uh, it's something that I'll certainly pass down to my son uh, when I, you know, when I leave this mortal coil. And uh, because uh, even though it's, it's I know it's just a K1000, but it's got family history to it. And that means way more than, uh, you know, the. The, what, what particular model it is, and, and of course the K1000 is a perfectly capable camera. It's not like it's a, it's not like it's, you know, a or anything. But uh, but you know, it's, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I liked uh, hearing that that part of the story. And and Andre, you, you sort of have a connection there because you have your uh, your grandfather's Leica. So yeah, yeah, I you know I still need to get that actually repaired. I'm budgeting a few hundred dollars for that. It's mm-hmm. in pretty pretty rough condition, but yeah, like like Bill mentioned. You take care of these things, they're going to last another lifetime. And I'm excited to document some of the history of, of my family with my grandfather's Leica. And, you know, the, the, the M2 that I bought from uh, Michael over at uh, Retro Photo, um, you know, that's my camera. That's the mm-hmm. camera, that's the 35 millimeter camera that I most associate uh with it's the, it's the camera that's taken the pictures that i'm the proudest of um and eventually hopefully if i have kids like that's gonna be like dad's camera like they've got great granddad's camera they've got dad's camera hopefully they give a shit about film photography and don't pawn it off <laughs> <laughs> right right uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm fortunate. I got, I got, you know, I got my oldest son is into photography, into film photography now. So, obviously, he's uh, his first runner for that. Uh, that K, my dad's K1000 uh, uh, one of these days. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's um, a very cool thing. Uh, thank you so much, Bill Smith, for your review, and and to all the people that sent reviews uh, uh, or, or call-ins for this particular episode. And remember, folks, I only have like three call-ins left, uh, and uh, one of them is from a, uh, a, uh, a woman in the film community. And uh, I think you'll recognize the last name when we uh, it'll come out on the next time we do one of these listener interaction shows. But uh, so we did finally get uh, someone of the, of the fairer sex uh, to call in. So, um, and uh, um, so yeah, excited about that, but I'm down to three. So I'm, I'm in the red zone again, folks. So uh, uh, get some more call-ins sent in here. So you're, you'll be in the queue to get on the air very, very soon. Uh, again, so record an audio file any way you want. Uh, easiest way is on your smarty phone, just using your voice recorder app and uh, send that file to negpositives at gmail.com. And we'll get you in the queue to get on the air and get your voice heard. It can be anything in your film photography journey. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a camera view. You can be uh, talking about anything in, uh, that you've or you can just talk about how much you love film photography, or you can just uh, uh, make fun of Andre and I. Uh, so, and oh, that'll work too. It's but, always um, the easiest option, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I think we leave them plenty of plenty of uh, fodder for that. So, uh, uh, but all right, well, I guess it's about time to wrap this show up. Andre and I are going to get out our socials, and I believe the next episode by numbers should be a roundtable episode. So I'll have to round up some round table recipients because it will be episode 390 that means round table time folks and uh so we'll uh, we'll round up a couple uh, uh willing uh participants to uh do the round table with us and and uh get andre uh buzzed with the gray lab timer as much as possible as usual so uh that should be the, the next episode uh after we get out our socials here we will play a listener music track I love getting uh, any music from anybody in this community that any original music you may have created over your lifetime or anything you're doing uh, recently or whatever. If you have any music sitting around that you've recorded uh, and any, it doesn't have to be high quality. It could be on a cassette recording, a boombox recording or whatever. I don't care. Like uh, if you've done any original music, uh, uh, send it to me and I will uh, play it on the end of one of these uh, listener interaction shows. Again, that uh, same thing, uh, send it to the email address, negpositives at gmail.com. So uh, the listener music track we're going to hear this week, I played one track from him uh, about a month or two ago. It's uh, Joe Pollock. And uh, he is uh, going to have a track. He has a track called Shortcut. It's from his album Last Notes from an Old Room. Uh, the track is called Shortcut, uh, Joe Pollock. And uh, he is uh, uh, has a website, joepollockmusic.com. That is J-O-E-P-O-L-L-O-C-K music.com i'll have that in the show notes if you want to check out some more of his music but we're going to hear from uh joe pollock uh song called shortcut after we get out our socials uh and to wrap this show up so andre where can people check you out people can check out my instagram at andre on film all right you can check me out on instagram at gutterman photo uh let's see you can join uh the facebook group it is the negative positive film photo podcast facebook group you can email this program for your call-ins, uh, any sort of just emails, just asking us questions or making comments uh, or uh, sending in listener music uh, to negpositives at gmail.com. We have an Instagram uh, account, Negative Positives, uh, that I have been trying to highlight people in the community that use the hashtag Negative Positives in your uh, posts. So if you post Instagram, think about using that hashtag, Negative Positives. And uh, if I see, I generally just a couple, every couple of days, I try to go on there search the hashtag and 
look up most recent photos and if one pops out i just go ahead and highlight it on the negative positive account for everybody to check out so uh i'm trying to stay on top of that uh so hopefully uh, i can highlight some people in this community so uh let's see last thing you can support this program on coffee that is ko-fi.com uh, slash negative positives and you can get my music on mikegutterman.bandcamp.com all right well i think that's the uh, the end of the show again uh you're going to hear joe pollock uh, the song called Shortcut, uh, as soon as we uh, uh, say the, the magic uh, ending line here. So, folks, have a great couple weeks. We'll come back with uh, hopefully what should be a roundtable episode. Until then, everybody, again, have a great couple weeks. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody stay positive. And shoot some cool film photos. All right, folks, take care. We'll talk soon.
A Gutter Man Cave Production! <laughs> <laughs>